Welcome to Maidens of Metal and Mayhem, a podcast about all things metal, horror, with a dash of mayhem. Welcome to one of our probably most favorite episodes that we have done so far. Both Sam and I have anticipated this episode and the next episode uh, for quite a long time. Uh, We are going to be discussing all things goth. So let me start with you, Sammy. What were you like as a baby bat? What got you into um, goth? Oh, that's a interesting time i was a chaotic little baby bat to say the least so i got into like goth stuff and like really learned what it was in like middle school um i would say probably my introduction was more on the fashion side of things rather than like the music or movies or anything because i was in middle school in like the late to early like 2000s 2010s so for me it was a lot of like pinterest and tumblr was a big one i would follow a lot of like alternative fashion blogs and i really got into like goth fashion specifically and then as i kind of went through like high school and started listening to more music and branching out more things that's when i started to kind of delve into like post-punk and goth rock and dark wave and everything that kind of falls under like the goth umbrella and then from there it's just been constant like i have not turned away from wearing mainly black with lots of skulls. Um, I've got like a partially shaved head still. Just started there. And then from from there, it just kind of became my whole lifestyle. Like everything I own is usually black, lots of skulls, very spooky. Even into the artwork that I make, like it just kind of became all encompassing because it really just kind of spoke to everything that I was interested in and kind of was thinking on the inside as a cool way to express it on the outside. What about you, Megan? How did you get into the goth scene and music? So for me, it was like my late teens. It was a combination of all kinds of uh, different things. Uh, One, I had uh, just broken up with my boyfriend at the time. So like I was really heartbroken. And then the internet was... Uh, just starting so I would go on to this website which is called worlds and there was a huge goth population um, and like I would you know talk um, to them and we would talk music and I I figured out like a lot of the music that I listened to in the 80s like Depeche Mode and The Cure and Susie and the Banshees was goth i i had no clue like i loved him but i i didn't know it was goth and then i was introduced to typo negative and it was like mind-blowing to me the the fashion the the sound peter still peter Steele's voice and like seeing like his his fans which were a lot of um goth girls and guys so that was what it was just like a combination it was like this perfect perfect combination of different things that that spoke to me at the time and um i too have shaved sides 
I also wear a lot of black. I am not an everyday goth girl. I am a goth girl at heart, though. My um, career does not allow me to, you know, be my everyday freaky self. Um, so it's a little sad. Um, and also, I like all kinds of fashion. So it's not like an everyday look for me. But I have loved it from that moment on. I mean, I will say, I don't think fashion alone dictates whether or not you're a goth. Like, And we've had this conversation before plenty of times. I think for me, fashion is definitely a part of it if you want it to be. But I think there's so many goths out there, people that might identify within like the gothic subculture that don't look the part whatsoever. Because it's just not attainable for everyone. Um, whether you, it's just, you know, you don't have the financial means to actually be able to kind of buy and curate the wardrobe you want or is just something you just don't really care about for me I think it's more kind of the focus on like the music and the um, general like media that surrounds it like movies and um, literature and all of that that I think is more important and just overall just being interested in kind of like the darker and spookier things in life Fashion's like a nice thing to kind of show that to the world but by no means do I think you have to wear like the all black and lots of lace and stuff like that to consider yourself a goth fully and truly i i agree because i do consider myself uh you know a goth girl at heart i have for 20 some years now it's you know definitely one of my favorite genres of both movies and music because it, it it's the music and it it's always just spoke to me even when i was young and i didn't know it was goth they were still you know my favorite bands growing up I know that we've discussed, you know, whether we think that contemporary goth is represented enough. And I think we both agree that it's not. Yeah, I think it depends on where you're looking. So I myself, I primarily um, interact with like the gothic subculture and other goths online. Because where I live, there really isn't a scene. I'm in a uh, more rural area. So there really isn't a scene for me to go to. And with the pandemic, I don't feel comfortable going to like any club nights or anything and that's primarily where you're going to meet a lot of people in your community and your subculture is like through club nights and things like that so I primarily talk to people online if at, at all go to forums and chat rooms YouTube videos things like that so for me I feel like a lot of like club culture from what I've seen kind of focuses more on the classic 80s and maybe early 90s goth bands and less so on the more contemporary acts that are really kind of starting up and new now or even in like the 2000s even and it's it sucks because there's actually a lot of really good contemporary goth coming out now and it's really interesting and I feel like it's moving the genre in a really interesting way with a lot of like genre blending and stuff that I feel like the 80s wasn't doing as much because they were already trying to do their own thing so it makes me kind of sad because there's a lot of really good stuff out there that's new. And um, I just think overall, um, more people need to start looking at the newer stuff and trying to f discover more of those like younger bands that are up and coming within the goth scene and the goth sound. And I feel like it's kind of hard to sift through a lot of the bigger names, especially if you're looking at places like, um, for instance, like YouTube. It's kind of hard to find those newer bands when you have to sift through those kind of heavy hitting bigger videos from like The Cure, Susie and the Banshees, where they have millions of 
views and likes and everything. So the YouTube algorithm is just like, take these. You need to listen to these. And it's kind of harder to find like the smaller stuff or the newer and upcoming stuff that was just uploaded a couple months ago or a couple years ago. I agree. I mean, I think the classics are, are, are a good way to start. Like if you if you're a baby bat out there, you know, the classics are a good way to start. It will um, give you a direction to go into. But I agree, we need more um, opportunities to listen to con- more contemporary goth. Even if, even if you are totally against newer goth music, think of it this way. If people are listening to the contemporary, they will always go back to the classics because, you know, it will be like, oh, well, what else is out there? Um, so I think I think both are important. I think, you know, with the with the contemporary, I do also like the directions that they're going in. Also, huge goth rock metal fan myself. I I I feel for me, my favorite is like more of like that romantic goth macabre uh sound yeah you're definitely a more like new romantic fan yes i'm huge new romantic fan there are there's been different kinds of goth after me because i i would consider myself a 90s goth some i some i don't get but here's the thing whether i like it or not i think it's important for people to be who they are and to feel comfortable in their own skin in their own clothes in their own music i think for for so long now you know goths have been you know made fun of oh it's just a phase i i pardon my french but i'm fucking sick of it i i'm ready to bring in a new era where People can be who they want to be, and it's acceptable across the board. I mean, I, from what I've seen in the world, I think we're closer there than we're not, um, especially with like a lot of like younger people and social media in general. I think being alternative in general, whether you're goth, punk, um, emo, or anything else, I think that's becoming a lot more accessible for people and I think it's becoming less stigmatized. I think younger people especially are in places where they, it's more acceptable to have, you know, unnaturally colored bright hair if you want to or have, you know, an undercut or a mohawk or anything like that really. So I think we're getting there as a society or at least in the US where it's becoming less stigmatized and more um normalized to dress alternatively or dress a little out of the norm even. I think it's just a matter of kind of as we become more progressive and kind of open up to like being more accepting as a society, that's when we'll be able to really let people do whatever they want. In your opinion, do you feel like the new goths now are definitely more feel more accepted or do you think that they still feel the same? I think it really depends on where the person's like located personally I think it's more about where where you are and the scene that you're surrounded by 
like for me, I went to a more rural high school. It was a smaller school, less people. There weren't that many alternative kids, especially my grade. I was one of the only ones. So for me, middle school was kind of rough because I was figuring out who I wanted to be. I was figuring out my own personal style. And I definitely did not do myself many favors because I dressed super weird. Looking back now, I will say that. But I was just trying to figure out what I liked, what I didn't like. And also, as a kid, like you have a limited amount that you're able to kind of dictate what you look like. So I did a lot of like thrift shopping. So that way, I got something I didn't like. Oh, it was like five bucks at the window. So it wasn't that big of a deal. But it's always harder to kind of curate a look you're, you really want or like a more uh, put together look when you're kind of going through thrift stores and having to find stuff yourself and kind of scavenge stuff yourself or DIY stuff yourself, which I think is really in the gothic vein, but it's a very time consuming and it's difficult sometimes. So for me, I was bullied a little bit for how I looked, but eventually I think people just kind of gave up because they realized it wasn't doing anything. Like I just kind of brushed it off and was like, cool, buddy. Good for you. You you made fun of me. I get it. I look weird. Awesome. So luckily for me, I wasn't too bad. Like once I got to high school, people just kind of left me alone because they're like, well, she's weird. That's how it is. But I think it depends on where you are because there are definitely people that are more malicious out there. And I I know for a fact that there are people out there that are bullied and it's it doesn't go that way. So I think it really depends on the individual and like where you're located. But I think overall, at least in the online sphere, I think there's a lot more support and camaraderie, especially for like younger people trying to figure out, you know, if they want to be goth or punk or trying to figure out and navigate these alt scenes. I think the internet and social media is really a great place. So that way people can do that and still kind of get that sense of community that they may not be able to get where they physically are. And for me, it was the same. Like I I went to a rural high school. My town was so small. It was a village, not a town. And, you know, I've always been my own person. I've always kind of marched the beat of my own drum. Always liked different things than other people. I never uh, felt like I wanted to be a a certain person to make anybody happy. But I wasn't wasn't really uh, bullied that much in high school. I think because I just would walk in not giving a shit. And, you know, oftentimes with bullies, if, if they can't get a rise out of you, then they're not going to they're not going to bother with you so much but for me that the goth didn't start until after high school and my you know i would be in my teeny tiny bedroom and my my parents god love them because they just let me play my music as loud as i wanted to to be honest they never questioned what i was listening to they just kind of let me be me and I do have an interesting question because this does tend to be kind of a controversial topic amongst goths. What is or was your opinion about Hot Topic? I'm kind of indifferent on Hot Topic. I I definitely shopped there back in the day and I sometimes do because sometimes they do hit with some of their clothes. Not going to lie. But... I definitely know like there's obviously like the mall goth thing that was big in like the 90s and early 2000s, like calling people a mall goth because 
you got all your clothes at Hot Topic, so you're not a real goth because you didn't DIY it or thrift it or something like that. And for me, like I, I definitely was never like a, a mall goth type because again, most of my clothes I got secondhand or, you know, from thrift, thrift stores and things like that. But every once in a while, they do hit with their clothes. And I think it's an interesting thing when people get really upset with where Hot Topic is now, where it's not so spooky anymore and it's more of like a pop culture, like nerd shop now, which I think is always interesting because Hot Topic has always been like a, like an alt pop store since day one. They just kind of go with whatever scene is the most like prominent and popular at the time. And right now it's like Funko Pops and Squishmallows and like nerd culture so that's why they've kind of pivoted that way and I know that was like a big thing when I was in high school they were doing a lot of like pop musicians like Justin Bieber stuff was in there and me and my friends were like what the hell is this yeah I I find that offensive (laughs) (laughs) I did at the time too and now I realize that it's like oh Hot Topic was never just like an alt goth store exclusively it's the hot topic. It's the hot thing. Like they're going with whatever the kids are into or like, you know, teenagers are into. It's literally in the name. I, for me, I did shop a lot at Hot Topic. I'm not a very crafty person. So making my own clothes was never going to be a thing for me. So I, you know, I did purchase a lot there. My favorite piece was my Frankenstein boots that made me like, like I'm normally like five foot. I'm very, very small. And these made me maybe like five, six. So like I was tall and I loved them also because my husband is six foot five. So they kind of made me a little bit less shorter than him. And also uh, another really funny thing is my husband is not at all into goth. He is a suburban New Jersey kid. It was really kind of interesting to see me dressed up goth and him like this normal, everyday suburban dude. And somehow we, it just it just worked for us. It's the meme of, you know, the alt girlfriend with the golden retriever um, gamer boyfriend to the T. Pretty much. Yeah. It just, it, it works for us. He's, he's not really into goth or a whole lot of metal, but I am. And I, I would say that I have, the older I get, the more alternative I, I get because I'm not like, I just don't care. I I'm going to do what I want. I recently have gotten quite a few tattoos and, uh, you know, that didn't start until I would say I was 39 years old when I, you know, got more than one tattoo. My first was a tramp stamp. But listen, it was not called a tramp stamp at the time, okay? But I accept it. It's a tramp stamp. Gotta own it, you know? (laughs) I own it. I have a tramp stamp, okay? All right? everyone. So, and I, yeah, I, the older I get, the, the less I give a shit. I just, I'm going to be who I am. You know, I, one day I can, I'm very interesting. And one day I can 
dress all in black and, you know, like wear like horror shirts or like goth alternative outfits. And then the next day I'm wearing a bright pink floral dress. You know, I just, I just don't care. I, I like what I like. And, um, I, and I think everybody should have that freedom. I don't think that you need to be one particular way in your life or listen to one particular type of music. I think people, you know, need to stop being so snotty and just do what they love. Oh, exactly. I think it's more important than kind of living in an, like a strict aesthetic where you can only listen to one kind of music, you can only dress a certain way, and just show that we're multifaceted people that like different things. Because I know that's been kind of a contentious thing within the goth subculture, the you know, the posers, like if you're a poser or not, if you're a real goth or not, and that kind of elitism. And I'm hoping that with internet and people being able to be more interconnected and to find like healthy, thriving communities, that hopefully that'll kind of die out where these elitists can kind of sit on their high horse that they want by themselves and not have to inflict their tyranny on, you know, younger people that are still figuring things out, maybe don't know everything and are still learning or might not might be ignorant to some things because they're just getting into it especially with like alternative music and uh, lifestyle you would think that they would be more accepting but sometimes they're not and i think part of that may have to do because they feel that they're not accepted you know because i mean constantly i think people say oh it's just a phase it's just a phase it's not just a face. Sometimes it is. Sometimes you have a person who's young and they go through this goth phase, but then, you know, they still love the music, and, but they're, you know, they, they're into a different lifestyle. That's okay, too. Mm -hmm, exactly. And it's really funny because, like, I still have family members that'll ask me if, you know, I'm still into the, the skulls and the dark stuff and still wear a lot of black. Um, and I've been dressing this way for well over a decade at this point, because um, I've been dressing like this since middle school. So when I was like 12, 13, I started dressing more alternatively. So it's really funny when I have, you know, family members or older friends, I'll be talking to them and they'll ask me like if I'm still into this stuff. I'm like, well, of course. Well, if they saw your wedding dress, they would know, yes, you are, because it was an all black, beautiful, amazing dress. Yeah, I... Had to have the spooky wedding because are you a real goth if you don't have a spooky wedding? <laughs> not really, but mine was not mine was not spooky. But you had an October, so it counts. <laughs> yeah, it was in October because that's my favorite month. It's my birthday, and it's October is just an amazing month all around for my lifestyle, my likes. But you know, I think I just think you can be whatever you want. Uh, it, it's not just a phase. Sometimes it is. But for example, my beautiful, lovely niece, she has been dressing um, alternatively, I would say since she was like 12. And, you know, they would say, oh, it's, it's a phase. It's not. She's, I think she's maybe 27, 28 now. She is absolutely gorgeous. I love her style. She, you know, she's become a, a tattoo artist. She can do makeup. She can do hair. So she's really taken the things that she likes and has 
made a career out of it. And I'm so very proud of her and a little jealous, a little jealous because, you know, being a, a banking supervisor, not so much. Can't really uh, be alternative. It's probably kind of hard to bend the rules and be that corporate goth. I worked in an office for a couple of years before, you know, everything went to shit with the pandemic and I had to start working from home. And luckily for me, I work in a field where there's a dress code, but it's a pretty lax dress code, business casual, and a pretty lax business casual at that. So I was able to get away with kind of wearing more like corporate goth clothes, I guess, for lack of a better term. And it wasn't an issue, but I could definitely see where like working in like finance, it's kind of hard to toe that line and find out where like the line is. Yeah. And every every place I work is different. Some are a little bit more lax. Some I can't show my tattoos at all, which it screws me in the summer because I have them up my arms. So I can't wear short sleeves. <laughs> so yeah, that screws me and I get really hot in the summer and it sucks. But I would say when I was younger, I was very much definitely more like a like a, a tomboy goth. And then now I'm still like a tomboy goth, but I allow myself to be the best of both worlds where, you know, I'm a little tomboy, a little girly. And I would say when I was younger, I didn't think you could be both. It was one or the, one or the other, really. And now I just, I, you know, I'm, I am who I am and I, and I love it. I love who I am. And I think sometimes it takes it takes time in your life to really, really love yourself. Oh, yeah. And I think it takes a while, too, to kind of figure out who you are and look past like any you know societal conditioning or maybe the area you grew up in or even familial pressures to kind of figure out who you are, what you want to look like, how you want to represent yourself in the world. And for some people are pretty fortunate and they're able to have a place where they feel comfortable doing that and for me definitely I had support from you know my parents like they may not have liked everything that I was wearing or may have questioned it but there was never like a lack of support or at least the you know the idea of like well she's gonna do what she wants anyways so you know why fight her on it at least for my dad (laughs) same with my parents the only thing is my my dad Cause you know, I, I, I had for the longest time I had magenta hair and he just was not a fan of it. He would, he would say, I really like your natural hair color. And I was like, well, mm, it's not, it's going to be what I want, dad. Um, and he just kind of, you know, accepted it. Other than that, like my parents are always uh, very supportive of things that I liked. You know, I, I was allowed to be who, who I wanted to be. But I think a lot of, I think more of the pressures for me was myself. Yeah, I feel you on that. Because I was in a similar boat. Like, my dad definitely didn't like me dyeing my hair. It took me bugging him and my mom forever before my mom finally was like, fine, we'll do it. And I was allowed to dye my hair red because it was considered like a natural color. He didn't like it. I did that for about a decade, actually, of red hair. And I've kind of been experimenting a little bit with different colors. My hair's now purple. You know, I'm finally able in a place where I'm like, well, I'm paying for it. I can damage my hair with hair dye all I want now. No one can tell me no. Yes. Isn't that wonderful? 
lucky for me, um, my mom also is like a child of the 80s. Like that's when she was like, you know, a teenager, young adult. So she's was super into new wave and post-punk and goth rock. So she already was into this stuff before. So she was completely fine with it. She would, you know, tell me like, oh, you should, you know, listen to the psychedelic furs. Or I remember listening to a lot of like new wave stuff that she was listening to and being like, this is interesting. So that definitely kind of was one of the things that kind of pushed me into goth too, because goth is so closely related to like new wave specifically that it was pretty easy for me to find the new wave aspects within like a lot of goth rock and post-punk that I kind of latched on and reminded me of that. Yeah, I had I had magenta hair for a long time. I would say about 10 years. And then uh, I can't, I went back to my natural color, but my job it does not currently does not allow crazy colors, but I kind of sneak it a little bit because it's like a blonde with like gray purple. So that's my way of like being sneaky. And also I do have a full undercut. So that's also my way of being a little sneaky too, because I can cover my undercut or I can, you know, do whatever I want with it. So. I try to sneak it in when I can. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm fully here for the corporate goth aesthetic, honestly. I know there's some discourse on whether or not it's like a like a sellout thing, but I'm like, hey, I got to make money somehow. And if it means having to do a desk job, I'll do it. But I'm going to bend the uh, the dress code so I can at least be a little happy while I'm there. Yeah, I I wish that I could dress however I want to dress on a daily basis, but I just can't. Now on the weekends, the weekends are mine and I will do whatever I want. And that's when I go crazy, you know, with my fashion. For me, the ultimate goth fashion accessory has always been a pair of chunky black boots. Even before I was really into goth, I always wore a pair of chunky black boots. So I was in, I was in the, into the style before I even knew it. So th- the difference between then and now, I have way more black chunky boots and they're more expensive. I know. I just invest, well, not just, last year I got my first pair of like TUK Creepers. This has been like one of those like holy grail pieces that I've wanted since middle school. And I finally went in and I got them. And weirdly enough, I did not get the classic creeper that you see, like the um, suede. I ended up getting like this really interesting, like pointed Western style, like booty by them. And I love them. I wear them all the time in the summer. I love them. I, I love creepers. Right now, I have uh, three pairs of chunky Doc Martens uh, in my closet that I could not ever afford when I was a kid. And nor did I have access because, again, I was in a tiny rural village that didn't have Doc Martens. And nor did you have the Internet. So, yeah, I had to go with I had to go with what I had to go with. Yeah, and actually, I was in a similar boat. I mean, granted, I had I definitely had the Internet obviously. But a lot of the stuff that I like wanted as a kid, it was really expensive and I didn't have my own income at that time. So it's like, I don't want to ask my parents to buy me these super expensive over a hundred dollar boots because that just feels wrong. So it took me a while to finally start 
purchasing like the larger, bigger pieces I wanted to start building up my wardrobe to where I ultimately want it to be. But we're getting there. It's a, it's a slow process. And, you know, like I'm not like a a brand person, really. Like it, it really doesn't matter to me if like something's a certain brand. But I always I always wanted a pair of Doc Martens and I made that so as an adult three times over. Not because of the brand name, but because the look and the durability. I mean, they just, they're the easiest and most accessible, like, chunky boot for me. Because I there are some other ones that I'm interested in. Red Wing does some really interesting, like, non-steel-toed boots. But they're just way out of my price range right now. I think they're over $200 for the ones that I've been looking at. So, Docs will do. Granted, they are expensive, too, but not that level. And, you know, I gotta, I want to say, like, a shout-out to... Susie Sue and the Banshees because I really think that she was the biggest inspiration to the look of classic and modern modern day goths. She's definitely um, uh, one of my biggest goth heroes because not only not only did she help create the you know the aesthetic. But because she's a woman. That is one of the things that drew me to goth is the fact that there's a lot more women representation throughout and a lot more, I think, women like fronted bands throughout, too. I mean, Susie Sue, without a doubt, she she built the look. She is that traditional goth look with, you know, the hairsprayed spiky hair, the exaggerated graphic eyeliner, all of her outfits she just kind of fit the aesthetic and that's what so many people strive for even to this day when you're more of like that traditional goth look. And then on top of it too, I mean, um, her band alone really helped shape the sound into what it ultimately became with like post-punk and goth rock. Yeah. Just a, a, a big, big band for the goth scene. And I just, I love, and I, again, I love the, um, the people that are into the goth scene, nine times out of 10, they are the nicest people you will ever meet. Most of us are happy-go-lucky people. I agree. I think a majority of, you know, goths tend to be in the lighter, happier side. But I think that's really evident when you listen to a lot of goth rock and post-punk. Because that was the thing that I found really funny when I first really started getting into like post-punk and goth rock specifically is the aesthetic is definitely very dark it's very moody very spooky and then you listen to the music and it's so danceable and almost bouncy and surfy sometimes and I always find that really funny kind of the dissonance of kind of the lighter goth sound versus that really dark kind of almost um, brooding look it's one of my favorite things because I know for me, whenever I'm feeling like really kind of down or like depressed, I usually will just throw on some like goth rock or post-punk and then it immediately just boosts my spirits because it's just so bouncy and lighter sounding. It just kind of helps get me that, like get my energy up. I agree. I agree 100%. I mean, it it's really, I mean, there are some um, bands that are very brooding, but it it really actually is quite on the lighter side. 
it's just more of the aesthetic is is a darker definitely um with technology that i think that has helped progress the goth scene a lot of my influence was you know online even though it was you know not the online that you have today i mean we you know we're talking about worlds.com which was like pixelated uh avatars that you would make and if you're really crafty you could um put in codes and make make certain uh gothy outfits which i did like i i knew all the coding i had to i had to have like the 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 coolest goth avatar and you know again with like napster it allowed me to like listen to what stuff that was not on the radio now that's really easy it it is i would definitely say it's easier for the classic goth but not so much contemporary I think it depends on where you're looking. So for me, I've, especially this past like couple of years since I've been working a desk job, I tend to have Spotify up while I'm working just to like keep some background music so that way I'm, you know, motivated to keep moving and doing whatever I'm doing. And that has been the biggest help in me finding especially new goth bands to listen to or even exploring like the older ones too, maybe bands that I haven't listened to too much. So I really think services like Spotify or like Apple Music that do kind of like curated playlists or recommended playlists, those are great places to kind of find these new upcoming bands. Because I think a lot of them are spending their time trying to get a following on those like streaming platforms versus like more traditional things like YouTube. So it's a little bit more accessible. It's a little easier for people to kind of stumble upon your stuff on those sites. Uh, but I know a lot of them also will use social media as a way to kind of break out. For instance, like for me, um, I have been a huge fan of this um, newer goth band, Vision Video. And the only reason I found them or would have stumbled upon them when I did is because I found I found their account on Instagram and TikTok around the same time. And it's something that their lead singer Dusty does where he has a little skit where he's a goth dad. Tells like goth dad jokes and things like that. And for me, that was just like really appealing because it's funny. It's he sticks to the bit. He's got this hilarious like Wisconsin middle Midwestern accent that he does. And he just tells these really corny goth jokes. And they're just really funny. And his whole character um, is kind of just like a place to go for, for instance, if you don't have really accepting or um, understanding parents. That's the other thing is he does a lot of videos talking about like, hey, if you don't have anyone in your own life, I'm I'm your goth dad. I've, I've adopted you. You are now my baby bat. I am your your dad. And it's just like it's wholesome. It's really funny. He does a lot of like goofy skits and stuff. And that's what fa- made me find the his band because he was I was following his um, account for him. And then he's talking about his band. So I started listening. And I was like, oh, wow, this is really good. And then from there, I'm just been listening to their stuff nonstop. So I think it's just a matter of kind of finding different avenues to find these new bands or find these kind of like influencers or personalities within the scene. And I definitely think social media makes that so much easier because people can kind of connect from all across the world. You know, you don't have to go to the goth club scene or to like, you know, the alternative meeting spots anymore to actually meet people you can 
plug on Instagram or TikTok or Twitter or Facebook or YouTube or any other site and be able to connect with a ton of people that have similar interests and like mind as you. And also, I think, especially since we started this podcast, that we've really helped each other find things that are new and old. You know, we're, we're always constantly sending stuff to each other to, to like check out. I, we don't like expect each other, you know, like I don't expect you to like what I sent you, but I, you know, at least you have like, oh, you know, let me listen to that. And if, if you like it, that's great. So, you know, we definitely have been helping each other find new music and, and new stuff to listen to. It's been um, very eye opening for me because you do listen to like more new, uh, new updated stuff than I do. So it's it's really been a pleasure to be like, oh, I never I never heard of that. You know, I'm not in the mind frame like for, you know, like I'm I'm an old person and my music was the good music and your music sucks. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I'm listening. I'm on Spotify listening to stuff like all the time. And after a while, you know, it gets kind of stale if you're listening to the same things just over and over again, or at least for me. Because during the the work week, I'm usually having it on as background music while I'm doing other tasks. So I'm constantly listening to like my Discover weekly playlists, whatever vibe I'm feeling, or trying out just like the random Spotify made ones just to see if I find anything new. That's mainly how I find new stuff these days. I'll find some other things through like social media, but honestly, like Spotify has been like the thing that's kind of exploded my music taste as of the past few years. I really didn't listen to to Spotify at all, and now I'm now I'm getting into it. I do listen. I do a lot of uh, Amazon Music too. I, I like Amazon Music. There's so many ways now to be able to find things. You know, it, it's amazing to me because there was a time where all I had was the radio and MTV. So I could only listen to what they wanted me to listen to. I think especially for alt scenes in general, but especially like, you know, goth and metal and punk and things like that. I think that's really what's kind of helped these genres kind of explode to where they are now, where you're starting to hear like metal sounds and metal tropes permeating into pop music now. Like metal is kind of the big thing. And a lot of other like alt scenes are kind of exploding because people are able to kind of finally access it really easily and are finding inspiration from there to make something new and more interesting and exciting which I absolutely love yeah I love that there's there's quite a few pop artists that are uh really taking you know going out of that pop bubble and just kind of discovering their own sound like a big one for me is Miley Cyrus She's she's doing a lot of uh, very interesting things, and I've been really appreciating her lately. I think it's really interesting where, like, more modern goth stuff is going. Because, like, for me, I listen to a, a decent amount of, like, more um, contemporary and, like, newer goth bands. And it's such an interesting gambit of things. Like, for instance, Vision Video has that, like, classic post-punk goth rock sound, you know, with the really stacked guitar sound that's almost like ethereal sounding some kind of surfy stuff throughout their singer's voice is on like kind of like the higher end 
and just kind of like that more traditional sound. And then there's other bands like Drab Majesty, which is more on like the dark wave side of things. And just so interesting to see how goth has kind of expanded its borders since like the 80s. And it's now encompassing so many things other than just goth rock and post-punk. Yeah, and it's it's very exciting. I really uh, do appreciate those bands that are still making the music and then, you know, doing their own thing with it. Goth music and fashion and all that, it's art. I I appreciate it all because I I I want an artist to be able to do what they want. One quote that I've read and I can't for the life of me find who said it. They said that goth is when music and art collide. It's kind of that mixture of both art and music and I agree. I think it's a good melding of both because the music I think is definitely more on the more theatrical side a lot of the time. And then you throw in the outfits and like the stage presence of bands whenever they're performing. And I think it's a really interesting mix. And I think that's why a lot more um, creatively minded people tend to gravitate towards goth. Because it is that mixture. Like there's a lot of different facets you can do and kind of make it your own, whether it be the music you listen to or make or perform, the fashion sense of it. There's a rich history of, you know, architecture and literature and movies that go along with goth. So there's like a lot of different facets you can kind of go into, especially as like a more creative minded person. Yeah, I agree. I 100%, you know, I think goth is that perfect combination of both. Yep. So our next episode, part two of goth will be out in two weeks, where we'll continue talking about the goth scene, specifically looking at goth literature, movies, all of that good stuff. So we'll see you in two weeks. And stay spooky. Love you all.